Rock, 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 Rock and Roll podcast, check out this record. My name is Mark, and with me, as always, is my good buddy, Frank. Hey, Mark. I just want to say hello to the wife and kids, my sis, her husband, my aunt, my uncle, my cousin in New Jersey, my other cousin in New Jersey, and most importantly, my accountant. Yet listeners who play along at home, like Frank's wife, kids, sister, her husband, his aunt and uncle, his cousin from New Jersey, his other cousin from New Jersey, and most importantly, his accountant, know that you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music, or wherever else you can possibly find podcasts. (laughs) That's right, Mark. New episodes (laughs) drop to your ears every Friday, and of course, for your listening pleasure, although Mark... This is the last of the calendar year, and we will be back with big bangs in two weeks, my friend. This is true. We will be back big and banging. You know, for people joining us here, the last episode of what we're kind of calling season one, I don't know what this is. Um, this is the podcast where Frank and I recommend albums for each other and, and review them. We've had a, a wide variety of musical discussions, like our Spotlight series, where we dig into a band's catalog and See what comes out the other side. We're in our Versus series, Mark, where we pit two albums against each other, sometimes three, and they duke it out for total stereo domination. Good job, buddy. I like that one. That was good. Thank you, man. So be sure to check us out on Instagram and our Facebook group, which we promise we'll probably use during the break. We like to drop additional content that'll hopefully leaving you want a little more Frank's musical goodness and, and some of my random nonsense, you know, like memes I steal and stuff like that. If you, got, if you want us to check out, just drop us a comment wherever you find us. Uh, while you're at it, subscribe and give us a, a review and a rating or whatever it is people do on the internet. So I say this, Frank. Yes, Mark. My man. I'm good, bro. So then with this being episode 51... Not Area 51, Episode 51. I guess this wraps up the first that season. Out, that could work out, though, so to speak, of this venture. Uh, last week, listen, it was intense with the Nirvana and Kurt Cobain stuff. And big props to you, my man, for really doing a great job. So applause right there, man. Um, and we're going to lighten it up, actually, in this episode, because we got a new album by a band we adore, the new Red City Radio album, Paradise, on deck. And stay tuned, of course, for our year-end review at the end, which includes our picks for best albums. Um, and we got some news, right, Mark? Uh, that's right, Frank. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to peep the new Red City Radio album, Paradise, pause this real quick, about 40 minutes or so. Uh, go check that out, give it a listen, and then come back. You'll be happy you did. Because um, you're, you're going to want to play along for sure. Frankie, uh, before we get into Paradise, why don't we start off with some of that news mm. I stole from the MTV News Trash Because <laughs> they're, they're just, nobody, they don't broadcast the news anymore. They just write it and throw it away. Um, and the second <laughs> I like to call, check out this record. Excuse me, I, I totally screwed that up. Check out this rock and roll news. Look, it's the end of the season. I'm exhausted. It'll, it'll be fine. Absolutely. So speaking of season, Mark, it's the holiday season and whoop de doo and Hickory Dock and Mark John freaking Bon Jovi ruined my favorite Christmas song. And it's really upsetting me, Mark. So tell everyone about the news you informed me about uh, last week. Well, Long-time listeners of the show uh, have complained that I complain too much about Bon jo- about uh, how awful Bon Jovi is. However, it looks like uh, the world's finally catching on to uh, what a piece of trash he is uh, by butchering uh, the Pope's classic and Frank's favorite fairy tale of New York. I have to say, I-, I knew it would be bad, but this thing stinks with a capital P-U, man. Plus... I feel kind of bad because I, I didn't know that this was one of Frank's favorite songs when I saw it. Um, and I knew that it would ruin his day when I sent him the link. So I'm sorry, buddy. Um, now, uh, join me as we rage pitch. Excuse me. Join me as we raise pitchforks against pretty boy, loser and pride of the New Jersey sewer system. Bon Jovi. Oh. God, where to begin? That's right. So not only does he ruin our ears with his generic and uninspiring original music, but now he has taken the Pogues classic, Fairy Tale of New York, and it's 
absolutely appalling. It has no character whatsoever like the original. He's even trying out an Irish accent while singing it on certain lines. Listen, as of as of earlier tonight, so far it has 5,000, uh, almost 6,000 thumbs down and only uh, 1,400 thumbs up on YouTube. So look at that. Look at that disparity right there. Um, Steve Lillywhite, who produced the song and was married to Kirstie McCall, um, who tragically she passed away in a boating accident some years ago, said the following. This is the worst ever version of the song. Sorry, John. Embarrassing and pointless. Damn right it's pointless. Uh, I, listen, I don't care that he changed the obvious lyric or he even covered it. Uh, the fact is, this is just the worst rendition. And it's indicative of Jovi because uh, it has no heart and and I'm so aggravated by this, Mark. I'm so mad. Yeah, I'm not even a Pogues fan, and I'm I'm offended. See? Um, <laughs> it's not that he changed a few lines to be sensitive. I, I think, you know, 2020 being what it is, it's, the best thing he did would make the correct uh, uh, choice in, in editing the lyrics to fit a modern era, right? Uh, but the rest of this thing is inexcusable. Uh, Horrible. If you're buying Bon Jovi Christmas albums, by the way, this is your fault. All right. Remember that when you give that turd your hard-earned money, he's gonna do dumb shit with it. Anyways, um, in case you couldn't hear the dump trucks uh, full of cash backing up to Bob Dylan's house, <laughs> why don't we take a moment to discuss how he finally sold out? Yeah. Yeah, this is crazy news too, right? And and it's funny because I, I sent the screenshot to you, Mark, but you and my wife sent me this like honestly like a, a minute apart from each other. It was so mm -hmm. funny. So listen, 600 songs at what they're saying to be 400 million. Man, that's insane. Plus he owned the copyright for the songs on the band's first record, uh, Music from Big Pink. So like the weight, he owned the weight. I mean, that's it's absolutely crazy. I mean, good for Bob. Listen, he's 80 and when he passes, and I'm not saying that's anytime soon, uh, then it's easier to divide up what's left as opposed to sorting through the ownerships of songs, which I could imagine could be sticky for family. Listen, plus living in California, uh, and I'm sure the hefty taxes coming this way with the new administration, it's dollars and cents. It's and that makes that makes sense to me. What about you, Mark? Yeah, there's there's been some speculation about why now, right? Um, but I'm, I'm I'm with you, man. I I can't think of a reason not. To, to take a check for 400 million smackers, dude. Um, thinking back on our, our episode of Rough and Rowdy Ways, um, I'm seeing this as his way of signaling he's he's cashing in his chips, he's calling it quits, but that's 100% speculation on my end. I'd, I'd love another record, especially based on the last one. But I, I think, and Frank, tell me if you disagree, I think this is it. I mean, based on all those things you said and the tone of the record, the theme of the record, and then you hear this, one would think, hey, listen, yeah, he might perform when COVID's over and all that stuff here and there, but maybe that's it as far as records goes, you know? It, there's a case to be said for that. And I think, I, I, you know, I think there is a case to be said. And um, we'll see how that goes. And Mark, I'm amped to talk about this new Red City Radio album, Paradise Mark. Oh, look at that. We both have it. I have mine courtesy of Mark. Mark has Mark's courtesy of Mark's. Look at that. Uh -huh. <laughs> Man, I am so excited, Mark. Um, do you want to chat about this band a little bit and how we got to this record? I mean, in their career? Yes, absolutely. I um, I just spilled a soda, so I apologize. Oh, uh, not, on the, not on the record, right? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. While moving right. the record. Oh, um, okay. You know, I... <sighs> how did we get here for this band? I just, um, you know, certainly there, there's a lot to get to. I, I, I'm, I'm proud to say this was a band uh, you caught wind of and, and were kind enough to insist that I listen to it, to them, excuse me. Um, you know, I've been blown away with their ability to write really catchy tunes without um, taking themselves entirely too seriously. Yes. Let me start with, you know, um, a little how you found them, wh wh where we got them. How, how did we come to this? This radical? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I and I love that about you know throughout the 
you know, 20 something years and uh, with us, Mark, that we could just like suggest bands to each other and we then kind of cling on to them that way. And, uh, you know, I first caught wind of these guys by, I think, just trying to find bands like Gaslight around, you know, that 2008, nine range. Um, because as you know, I was really obsessed with them. Um, and Liz, you know, I liked what I heard. I liked the sons and daughters of Woody Guthrie P and I liked the dangers of standing still LP. And I thought they had that single long punk style, but it was a higher tier quality for them. Um, then the album titles came out and I was like, okay, listen, you got two singers here, but there's one to me that obviously has more talent and should be front and center. And that guy is Garrett Dale. He's a crooner man and just a cool cat. I, I heard him on the Mike Herrera podcast and he's just a, a chill dude. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. He's so chill. Yeah. Uh, just awesome dude. A- anyway, then the second singer, Paul left the band and they released a self-titled in 2015. And I was blown away by that album, especially by the song Str- strangers. I mean, what a freaking tune. Uh, I absolutely love that tune. And then in 2018, we get the sky tigers EP that came out and I was again, blown away. Looked and Mark has the shirt. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And I really liked how they were now Garrett's band. So I was amped for this new record paradise, man. When he told me it was coming out, I was super excited. Yeah, it, it's pretty amazing the the band's progression, particularly uh, once Paul leaves. Right, once we get to the self titled album, then into Sky Tigers in 2018, and then and this year's I, I mean between you and I, much anticipated Paradise, um, easily my favorite band from Oklahoma City. Uh, I'm sure there are some Flaming Lips fans who will think I'm nuts, but you know that's <laughs> their problem. Honestly, um, we can agree to. I, I honestly, I, I Googled like for half an hour, Oklahoma city bands. And that was the best I could come up with. There you go. <laughs> I love um, it. I love it. Uh, you want to, we'll dive into the track by track now. Absolutely. My man, go, go right into it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, first track side, a, uh, <laughs> um, where does the time go? Uh, I, I can't stress this enough. Play this album really fucking loud. It's a hundred percent worth it, especially as the band, kind of ramps you up onto this roller coaster that is this album with its amazing slow burn build. This, this buildup is so great. And it's, I, I can see where some people go, that's not really a song. It's just a big, long intro. Yeah, I don't care. It works so perfectly. You know, we talk a lot about setting the tone of an album and they nail it here. Uh, the record, uh, among all other things it can represent is a, a loving tribute to rock and roll and, and, you know, I, I honestly lost track of time in the grooves of this album because it is so good. And it, it I didn't know where did where did the time go? Where did the record go? I just this thing just is the perfect catalyst for this record. This Where did time go, Frank? Yeah, I agree with you. I really like the kicking off of this album with this somber, melodic, melodic bass riff uh, with the constant drum beat. It, it's so simple, but it's layers deep, right? Where, think about it, where does the time go? It can mess with you. Honestly, if you think about it, uh, that statement a little bit too long. Uh, Garrett's voice here just fits so well with all the emotion and you get all the buildup, the nice, rich sounds of the voices. Uh, I like, I, I personally like intro songs like this because, uh, as you just said, Mark, they are setting the tone then for the album, uh, for the album. And even though it's a couple lines, who, who cares? I'm singing the song the whole day, the, uh, the other day, uh, and it just keeps building and building and building. So uh, I love the opening track, second track, baby of the year, man, this is a good rock song. It's filled with all these cool little riffs. And it's, as you said, Mark, listen to it loud listen to it loud and what i really thought was clever is then on the second verse they went up uh, a step and they changed that around and really put the song to another level for me with regards to quality songwriting big time replay value for this song for me mark i, I think uh, baby of the year is a, a really cool tune I, I, I couldn't agree with more you know i love how direct uh, garrett dell gets with his lyrics right um and again i apologize for my singing uh let's not get kept get, Let's not get caught up in semantics. I never needed anything as bad as I need you. Like, just so direct, so powerful. Um, He goes on to paint a picture of losing yourself to the need for love and the struggle to find your way back from that place. Just such a a wild uh, idea, such such great songwriting to really place you in the the narrative. Narrators, in this case, we're going to assume it's Garrett Dale. into his point of view and just really get that going. Really fun music video too, if you haven't checked that out. Yes. Track three is, did you know, question mark. Um, 
So I'm not going to call this uh, a concept album, uh, but it's amazing how the themes flow from song to song, where Baby of the Year uh, is about getting lost, looking for love. Uh, here he's directly dealing with who he has become now that he's lost himself, or has he found himself? Super cool track. Yeah, and I love the, I got a little money, who cares? You like that? You like that? I love how the song starts off with that. Uh, I think certain voices can pull off these lines, and Garrett's is one of them. Uh, I can even hear, this is just some vibes I got while listening to this album. I could hear it as a country song for, for some reason, especially on the verses, if they were to change the arrangements around. Um, I, I dig the, did you know how wonderful this life can be when you don't give a shit about everything? Uh, especially at the end, uh, these Beach Boys harmonies come in uh, while that's going on. Uh, really cool track. Great. And I love the sequencing too. Uh, so that coming after Baby of the Year. Yeah. Big, big Beach Boy vibes there for sure. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Uh, track four is Love a Liar. Uh, this song starts off with a Ram Das quote. I am not too familiar with him. So, Mark, maybe you have a little bit more info on him. But from my research, he was a spiritual teacher and a psychologist. Uh, the meaning here is I'm not perfect, but there's an underlining beauty. Uh, it's a nice, quick and short tune. And there's nothing much to, to say about it. Uh, but, I mean, it's, it's a very enjoyable track. Uh, what about you, Mark? Yeah, so uh, Ram Das. Ram Das. Famously or infam infamously, depending on your point of view, uh, for a period of time was known for encouraging people to take uh, LSD uh, to discover themselves and their spirituality. Um, this band likes to party, so it's not a big surprise that uh, they would find influence from uh, Mr. Das. Um, anyways, for me, the idea of starting a punk song with the idea that art is, that this art, is garbage and that it is still art speaks to the punk in me in, in a way that most bands don't want to acknowledge. They don't want to acknowledge the, the trivialness of the art that they're creating and the, right. the disposability of it. So it's really kind of a very cool um, way to, to jump into this. Um, you know, lyrically, uh, Garrett is, is opening up here. Um, I'm, I'm going to read his quote here. Um, don't you know you shouldn't love a liar? But if you want to take a chance on me, I can show you my heart on fire. Ah, on fire, Frank. Awesome. It I is. Love it. Again, it is. really great, simple lines. Great little throwback references, right? Heart on fire. I mean, like this, this record just, just has these, all these little rock and roll nuggets of like, not even like that member berry, like, like, oh, remember that? I'm going to throw a reference to that in there. Like these genuine, like heartfelt really smart, really clean um, callbacks to rock and roll. And, you know, you're going to hear me say it again and again. This record's about rock and roll and how fucking awesome rock and roll is. Anyways. Love it. Track five, Young, Beautiful, and Broke. Uh, this was released as a single before the album dropped, and I got so excited. I love the energy of the song. We get these great big choruses uh, that are pretty. Rather, they're, they're honest, they're real, and the kind of lyrics we all wish we could write, let alone pull off singing. Uh, he just does an amazing job of speaking honestly in a way that feels genuine and feels relatable. Yeah, it's so it's so good. Uh, I, I got this kind of replacement super drag intro, but unlike most replacement style bands, it's it's then doesn't like mimic them. And it's not a complete copy style wise. So that means Red City Radio kind of made it their own. And that shows them pushing their rock with adding of the solos, really giving again this big and vibrant sound. Uh, we get some nice uh, keys in the background, which made me think of the hold steady and then a solo with some really, really thought out, well thought out harmonies. Uh, uh, you said it, Mark. This album, it's a tribute to rock and roll, man. It's the best way to put it. Best way to put it. Uh, track six, uh, we get 100,000 Candles. Another big sounding rock song. Uh, to me, we get like, it's almost an 80s style solo in the beginning. I'm not talking about corny 80s. I'm just talking about stylistically. Um, you know, why is the world on fire? A hey, good question. And I hate to quote Billy Joel here, but, you know, it's always been burning since the world's been turning. <laughs> but listen, I like the chorus and it's super contagious. And uh, it's one of those choruses again that i'm going around the house and having that Im implanted in my head yeah this song will haunt you with how fucking good these harmonies are um you know we're we're down that lonely rabbit hole here again but we're we're privileged to being able to to hear garrett work through his yep. fears and anxieties and 
um, comparing a, a forest full of trees, you know, that the old saying, uh, you, can see, you can't see the forest from the trees, uh, but comparing the trees swaying to 100,000 candles, really beautifully done. Uh, it's amazing how he, he makes the song not about conquering his fears and anxieties, but just rather that he has them and that he's in the process of dealing with them. Right. Really a cool concept, um, beautifully executed. You know, not everything's going to have a finale to it. Not everything has a big payoff. And this is one of those songs that expresses an emotion um, as opposed to solving a problem. Really, really smart songwriting here. Uh, track seven, the, the infamous title track, Paradise. Uh, so Paradise brings us to the, the back half of the record. And it's not just, uh, it, it's just starting to get hot right there, Frank. Look at, look Absolutely. At the look at the back half of the record. Right it's hot. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, you know, look at a, a thousand bands have tried to write a song about leaving their hometown. And almost none of those bands do what Red City Radio does. And that's to admit that they, not only that they miss it, but acknowledge that getting out of there was the best thing they ever could have possibly done. <laughs> and make it feel genuine and rock all at the same time. The solos rip. Uh, Dallas Tidwell's drumming is right. so clean and tight. It's amazing more people aren't talking about how skilled he is as a musician. He, he's phenomenal. Um, every verse and chorus keeps you hooked. This song rocks, man. Yeah, you know, again, we get a solo here in the beginning, and I appreciate their efforts on the guitar to expand their musical prowess. And it's not just playing chords. Uh, it's not just the chords and intros. I mean, they're really taking it. This is a great blend of punk influence rock and roll uh and this song i think sways a little bit more to the rock side and you know listen for a band that mostly has two and a half or three and a half minute songs uh this is where a longer song like this is actually appreciated and because it's an effort to try new things i know i gripe about long songs and you could find all the episodes where i gripe about them uh but this is one where i personally don't mind because uh, this is a conscious effort for them to do something different and uh i like that Track eight, Mark, Edmund Girls. Uh, when I told you, Mark, that I really dug this song, you said I knew you would. And that's a testament as to how well you know me. This song has everything in it that I love about rock and roll songs. So what is it? Well, we get nice, audible guitars, great melody, awesome harmonies in the background, and a hooky chorus. Right before the second chorus is fantastic. It's a ex great example of high-quality songwriting. And then we get more soloing, which shows the bands can actually play the instruments. Uh, I mentioned the replacement style earlier, and, and I can hear that in this track too, but it's way more than that. It's something that I am now thinking is unique to Red City Radio. Uh, I absolutely am in love with this song yeah this is uh one of those tracks that sums up what makes this band so fucking good lyrically smart and still really interesting uh you know garrett delivers on the vocals and the, the band just wails here this song's it rips there's you know like the i can't say enough good things about this song so i'm gonna just say a little bit uh, we're gonna move on to track nine doing it for love um my gut tells me Garrett singing to a few people directly here without naming any of them. Um, and normally I get pretty tired of that. Like I, I hate like a scene report. I don't need that. Um, but this isn't so much about them as it is about the music, right? Like it's, it's setting up this concept that they're doing it for the love and for the most over the, and, and excuse me, in the most over the top rock and roll way, because it is just about rock and roll for them. They don't care how big the show is. They don't care how many people are there. They just want to rock. If you've seen footage of them live, you know that to be true. These guys just go out there and do their best to put it all out there. And I know sitting at home right now and not being on stage is eating them alive, doing it for love, an amazing example of their love for rock and roll and, and what it means to them. And they're paying it back by putting it on a record. Yeah, totally, man. And, and, you know, in the beginning here, I hear even some Thin Lizzy with these dueling riffs at the beginning. Mm -hmm. uh, as you said, you know, as we also talked about, we get Shining on the Metal uh, on the Edge of a Knife, uh, a la Mr. Loaf of the Old Meat. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's really cool to see, again, them tribute these rock acts. And, of course, you had some ivory keys in the background. And you just have this awesome-sounding music, especially with those harmonies and those dueling. Uh, uh, you know, it's at that point where those dueling riffs and the solos meet together. Uh, it's 
just it's unbelievable and th- this is a fantastic song uh track 10 we get apocalypse please uh, i love the clarity in this song it, again it just sounds so good loud i also hear again some hold steady when the piano comes in uh the writing here shines with the solos and we take it back to then just garrett and the guitar it's got such a big sound and if the and if this was the popular music the way me and mark grew up with it on uh like in the 90s um where rock was the the dominant music uh this would be on spin frequently at the radio stations and this is just a really good track i love this wall of sound i mean they they created it and it it just it just all stems from this deep breath as as the song kicks off uh and builds to these gorgeous choruses um there's I'm, I'm so taken back by it. There were these uh, super simple rhyme schemes that have the effect of feeling like you've known uh, all of the words your whole life. You just immediately feel like you know every word of the song. And it's it's an absolute earworm in the best way. It just pops right in there. Plus, they've got all these like doo-wop parts in the back. Yes. And like, it's such a rich textural sound. It's absolutely phenomenal. Just put your hands up. And let the rock and roll roller coaster put a big fat fucking smile on your face with this this absolute gem that might be my favorite track on the song or on the album excuse me but the problem is is that when i'm listening to this record every song as it's playing is my favorite song on the record it's every song um track number 11 uh fremont casino simple tune cloaked in mystery right I, I say simple and frank shakes his head because this is one of those deceptive songs right right frank as a yes. songwriter you're like fuck you man this song is not easy. <laughs> it's, it's it's deceptively simple you know but for me i, I want to focus on the mystery why is he playing kino why is right. he I, I apologize for the rhyme why is he in a casino why is he in fremont why is he sleeping on the floor don't be tricked there is another track after this because it'd be easy to fall into this false sense of security that the the roller coaster is easing your way back around to the to the starting ramp of the song you're surprised we're we're on track 11 we've been blowing through this record um but it's so subtle so clean and we just get this beautiful piano part and a clap and a bass drum that feels um you know like the sweetest enough you feel like the record's ending right it has this this like, ooh, he's just, you know, he's doing this little ditty about being in the casino and, you know, maybe trying to score some drugs, play a little Kino and, and we're just going to fade off and that's the end of paradise. And it's, it's, oh, it's I so know. smart leaving this here. Yo, it's just, it's another tune I, I adore. The bare and isolated feel to it that matches the lyrics and what the song is about. Again, I'm going to reference country music here, but if country music really wanted to stray away from the overproduced crap and get back to something that could stretch to a non-country fan, this song would be it. And it's positioned so well at the track before the last tune. All I could say about the song is, is bravo. Bravo, man. And now we got Gutterland, the, the last track here. It's a nice rocking tune to close things out, uh, clocking in at under two minutes. Uh, I like how they brought us back. Uh, they brought us down for a few tunes, and then they wanted to close things out with something that really cooks. Uh, Mark, you have an interesting actually take on this song, don't you? Yeah, um, just a few lines from Garrett, uh, and then you get this palm guitar. I will get into Frank's. Uh, Frank did set me up for that. I do have it. I had a theory. It didn't quite work out, but we'll talk about it. Okay. Um, <laughs> You know, but I, I do love, you know, kind of back to um, a few tracks ago where we just start out with Garrett um, and then it builds into this palm muted guitar sound and it builds its its way in and just like, you know, there's a few single notes and then boom, we're off and running again. That roller coaster hits another turn and you are just screaming and having a blast. Uh, in a song about being responsible for yourself and not letting what other people think of or say get to you he kills it with his last two lines. They only care what you bring to the table. I bring a fucking chainsaw. Ooh. Cue the guitar solo, Frank. Ooh. It's short. It's punchy. It, it kind of goes a little bit back to their older days or older roots stylistically. Um, but it fits so beautifully here that it, it just works awesome. And that last, that last line, big guitar solo and they're out. I mean, it's, it's such a great way to end this record on a high note, right? We're, we're really talking paradise. You guys saw the album cover. It's super trippy and fun. 
who really want to just go out on this big, awesome note. And, and they do. It's so friggin' cool. All right. So <laughs> I mentioned it earlier. I thought for a little while, I was really trying to figure it out. I thought they were trying to make a connection between uh, Bruce Springsteen's Jungle Land and this record. Um, and the reason for that being that Jungle Land's the last track on this record. And of course, Jungle Land, Gutter Land, is he making a comparison between uh, New Jersey and Oklahoma City or somewhere else? What's he doing here? Who is he talking about? What's it for? But then as you kind of look through the lyrics of, of Gutterland and you look through the lyrics of Jungle Land, you look at the structures, it doesn't quite line up as nicely as I would hope other than where they're placed and that they both totally rule. Um, you know, that's kind of, that, that was my theory. I was hoping that there'd be something a little deeper and, and maybe there is. I haven't spoken to uh, famed Red City Radio, I shouldn't say famed, uh, songwriter uh, Garrett Dale. Uh, to ask him about that would be an interesting idea, but it's probably just one of those those theories that as a music fan, you put these pieces in your head together, right? Because you're going, man, this this record just sounds like everything I've always wanted rock and roll to be. And look at all these cool references, that awesome Thin Lizzy style riff. You get the, you know, uh, Paradise by the Dashboard Lights reference. You just get all these great guitar solos just rocking out. Is there something there? Maybe. Maybe I, I figured it out, but I don't know why. Or like a true rock and roll conspiracy theorist, uh, it just kind of is what it is. Um, and I'm imagining things. But with that said, that that's paradise, my man. Ooh, yeah, maybe we'll have to get Garrett on this out uh, on the show uh, in 2021 to have him talk about these things. So that, that would be a, that would be a good goal for us. I'd totally fanboy it out. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Frank, my man, what uh, what a great end of the year listening to a record you have uh, any final thoughts you want to share on this guy Whew. you know i really love this record i want to thank uh paul penley for leaving the band and now allowing garrett to be front and center uh, listen they're one of those bands that i personally see getting bigger and bigger and a lot has to do again with garrett and what a great front man he is for this band i really like how each album progresses without the quality of the tune suffering very important what i just said uh and that will be a uh, constant listen on my record player that's for sure i i'm in love with this record mark you um look for those of you uh smart enough to watch on youtube I have the sleeve for the record right here. It's on my record player. There's no record in here. Look at that. Look record. at that. It's not there. It's so awesome. <laughs> I, was, I was pretty blown away by this record. I knew I was in for a treat as the singles were kind of being peeled off and, and released. Uh, but I have to tell you, I was still surprised by how good this whole thing is, how it holds up as a complete album. It's so good. Um, just so well balanced from start to stop. Lyrically, it's dynamic and holds your attention. The production here sounds amazing we have uh, we haven't mentioned excuse me uh bass player derek envy or guitarist ryan donovan sure. uh, no fault of theirs ryan no. is responsible uh for the most part of some of those really righteous guitar solos um derek has some great bass lines that strut around the record like great. a real big beautiful booty you just can't stop staring at don't believe me check out his skills on a hundred thousand candles absolutely <laughs> Uh, you know, and, and lastly, I think, you know, we've, we've talked about it a little bit here and there, but I really want to drive home the, the production on Paradise can't be overlooked. It's bright and clean where it needs to be. It's punchy when it needs to be. And, and they clearly found the right place to build that stunning wall of sound that allows them to blow your speakers with an orgasmic grin on your face, Frank. Um, listen to this fucking record world um, yes that's how i feel about it i love it man uh fantastic fantastic such a great record and mark as you know 2020 will go down as a weird year that's for sure and we're now gonna give here it is our year in review best of and we're super excited about this so be, before we get into our top 10 albums of 2020 mark um let's just open up our spotify real quick and let's give everyone our top five most played songs mark absolutely to Spotify, if you'd like to sponsor this and see this list happen again next year, um, <laughs> rate us and review us on Spotify. Um, you know, part of what was weird for you and I, anyway, was was doing this show. So, so yes, many, my, my listening habits were so skewed from my normal, you know, just putting a record on until my ears bleed. Um, because we've really been chasing these new bands and artists, 
my, my normal algorithm and, and what I'm listening to is, is probably off, but um, I had a lot of fun this year and, and I regret none of it. Um, uh, honorable mention before I get into my top five uh, to the Mad Caddies and their cover of The Misfits, Some Kind of Hate, which oh, came yeah. I wanted to point that out because I just love that cover. Um, yep. And obviously it came in six. I've listened to it a lot this year. Uh, at number five for me, uh, Dead to Me's Modern Muse. I really enjoyed that song. I really enjoyed I really got into Dead to Me this year. Really great stuff. Um, at number four for me uh, is Motorhead, the song Slow Dance. Um, I've really, really fallen in love with late era Motorhead. There is some just absolute gems there. If you're not listening, I mean, don't get me wrong, listen to the old stuff. Those first few records are amazing. But look at some of the stuff they did in the 2000s. It, it'll actually blow your fucking mind. Um, at number three for me uh, is The Frights. We did a, we did an episode on them. I absolutely fell in love with them. The song is all I need. Um, absolutely love that record. Love that band. Really looking forward to what they've got coming out uh, in the future. Um, number two for me is Red City Radio, uh, In the Shadows. Unfortunately, I think if this album had come out at the beginning of the year, this top five list would just be the track listing in order. Um, but it was In the Shadows off the Sky Tigers EP. I, I love that that EP. I love that song in particular. Uh, I love that they're not, uh, they're not even shy about using the quote from The Great Dictator in its entirety. Um, really cool song. Uh, I love the energy. And again, that's one of those... If you put on that self-titled record, you put on Sky Tigers, and you look on, put on Paradise, you are in for a hell of an afternoon. It's, it's a great time. And, um, you know, last but not least, and, and I mean, obviously, number one, uh, Leatherface, I Want the Moon. Um, Frank and I did an episode on Leatherface very early on in the podcast. Very early on. Um, both of us fell in love with this band. I have, I have not stopped listening, uh, probably, honestly, until, excuse me, until Paradise came out. I listened to it once a week and now I haven't listened to it since paradise came out, but I absolutely mush. Listen, if you're selling it on eBay, if you've got an Amazon thing, if you've got a record store and you've got a copy of mush on LP, don't worry about how much it costs. Just tell me, I'll give you my credit card information. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. So here are my top five Spotify songs for uh, 2020. Uh, So number five is actually also Leatherface. And I know a lot of that had to do with the album, uh, with the episode that we recorded early on, but I fell in love with the track two from Mush, which is How Lonely. Uh, I absolutely Mm -hmm. adore that song. So uh, that was number five. Number four is Vancouver by Jeff Buckley. We did a Jeff Buckley episode uh, a couple episodes ago about uh, his life and unfortunate death. I think that's really, even though that's not from his proper album, the unfinished album, I think that's one of his really shiny moments. That's a great song. Uh, Number three on another episode that uh, we did. She's kerosene by the interrupters. Um, I, I love that album. I, I love that song. My girls love the uh, song too. So we always listen to it and that's just a fun song. That's always cool to play. And that made number three. Number two is uh, from a B-Sides record that Super Drag did called Doctors Are Dead. Uh, that wasn't one we covered in the early episode, too, because we did Super Drag early on uh, as well. Um, but uh, that's a really cool song, and I like that as a B-Side. And number one is a song called Broadway by the old 97s. It's, you know, the old 97s, uh, alternative country from the late 90s. Uh, they put out a recent album uh, this year, too. Um, but, yeah, Broadway, that that made my list. So those are my top five Spotify songs. And those were Mark's top five Spotify songs. So Mark, you know, now we got a, there were some letdowns this year too. And, and, you know, before we get again to the top, the top uh, 10 for 2020, of course, I can tell you that Bon Jovi put out a piece of crap, but I expected that to be shitty anyway. Right. Uh, But for me, there's honestly looking back, the biggest letdowns, I think honestly, were Bruce's uh, letters to you, Bruce Springsteen's letters to you, and Brian Fallon's Local Honey. Uh, I'm not questioning the overall effort, but of that particular album. But man, I was I was let down. Uh, letters to you is just not good, and Local Honey just feels incomplete with some rehashed strong structures, uh, song structures. Excuse me, um, Mark. Those were my letdowns. Did you did before we get to our best of? Did you have any letdowns as well? Well, I I certainly agree with you on uh, Brian Fallon and, and the boss there. Um, you know, otherwise, uh, the refused put out an EP, uh, which comes to mind. I have a, a real inf- uh, affinity for, uh, the shape of punk to come. And, uh, one of my favorite, more underrated albums, uh, of theirs, uh, songs to fan the flames of discontent. 
So I, was, I, I get very excited and hopeful whenever they release something new. Uh, unfortunately, this, like last year's album, just sound like another band wearing a refused mask, calling it the same thing and, and sounding like crap. Uh, I, I just didn't dig it. I, I've, the last couple of releases have been really disappointing. Um, but they're one of those bands that I get excited for because I know the potential. Um, so as everybody knows, I'm, I'm a big Descendants fan. Um, pretty stoked to see Milo Ackerman, lead singer of the Descendants, release a ukulele uh, EP. Only for it to be um, you know, just kind of some really flat, boring protest songs that just kind of sucked. Uh, <laughs> supposedly... The songs were for an upcoming Descendants album, which we will review as soon as it comes out, if it ever does. Uh, but because they were political and pretty pointed about Trump, um, he wanted to release them sooner, um, You know, which I appreciate because now they're not going to hopefully be on the next record. Right. <laughs> Milo isn't the best songwriter in the band, right? In fact, he's, he's probably the worst um, of the four of them, but... I like to support him because I like the band and, and, and I was really hopeful that we'd get some, something really cool out of it. Uh, and we just didn't get that. Um, but again, you know, I'm happy he did it here so that it's out of the way. And then hopefully, you know, Carl and Bill uh, will write the next album. Maybe we'll get, uh, <laughs> you know, we'll get some, some contributions from Mr. Chad Price who will sing the album too instead of Milo and we'll just get another alcohol album and I'll be super happy. Um, so that, that was kind of my disappointment. <laughs> was, was uh, to see, you know, and the Descendants did do like a vote for me song or a vote song that was just kind of like, I understand that you're frustrated and I understand that you want to express yourself and raise consciousness and, and politically I agree with them. Um, however, um, that doesn't mean I need to subject myself to boring. Um, <laughs> uneventful. And, and really... Well, they're now outdated. Like, you know, right. as, as of today... Dated political songs right immediately outdated you know it's just like i i get it i know that we're all going to look back in horror in the last four years um or at least i will um but it's just not like none of those songs are going to do anything to make me feel good about it that's i mean what else can i say yeah and and again to me it's it's you know it's they're not timeless that that's not going to be timeless as well. So now how are you going to do that for your next album? Right. Is it going to be timeless? Uh, are you going to write about Biden? Uh, I, I personally think every, you should, cause I think everyone, it should be open season on anybody, to be honest with you, if you're a true, true punk band, but let's see where they go. As soon as that album comes out, we'll review it. And then we'll obviously mm-hmm. let, let everyone know if, if, if it, if it was timeless. <laughs> so here we go. Now we're going to get to the top 10 albums for each of us, Mark, uh, for 2020. I just want to preface this with a discovery I made uh, this year, even though there were no 2020 releases. Uh, so I bought a banjo recently, uh, and that was because I put on a Tom Waits Spotify um uh, or I uh, put on a Tom Waits song and I hit the old radio option on Spotify and out came this song uh, from there called Black Soul Choir by a band called 16 Horsepower. Uh, I fell in love with it instantly and I thought this was way before its time for, for being 1997. Uh, I then got into singer David Eugene Edwards, newer stuff by this band uh, Woven Hand and I just thought it was great and I'm really happy to discover them. So that was a cool discovery this year, even though they had no releases. Yes, Mark, go ahead. Um, th- that's what I wanted to clarify that, that neither, um, Tom Waits nor, uh, 16 horsepower or the new band woven hand had no releases. Right. Exactly. In fact, had no releases this year. There were at least 10 releases for us to cover for this. Yes. Not yeah. I just wanted to preface it with a discovery I made this yeah, year, so that, that which influenced me to, yeah, to buy the banjo. Um, so I will now get into my list. So um, we'll alternate, Mark. And, Top 10. Uh, here we go. So number 10 for me uh, is Paradise, not the one we just reviewed, but by Cold Ears. Uh, so we interviewed Ross, uh, the singer of Cold Ears, for one episode, and then we reviewed their album in another. Uh, listen, I thought it was a great discovery this year, and it's a cool album. It's full of punk-inspired um, rock and there's some rock-inspired punk songs, too. Good heart on your sleeves feeling. So that came in number 10 for me. What about you, Mark? Yeah, excellent description of the cold years, by the way. Rock and roll, or punk rock influenced rock and roll, rock and roll influenced punk rock. I, I really like that description for them. Um, my little honorable mention asterisk here is um, I really loved the Menzingers from Exile. But since Hello, Exile came out last year, and this is 
basically just an acoustic version of that, obviously done in COVID situation. Um, it's amazing. You should absolutely listen to it. It's well worth your time. However, it's not going to be in my top 10 list um, for that reason. But for me, number 10 is Bad Cop, Bad Cop, The Ride. Um, you know, Bad Cop, Bad Cop just gets better and better with every record. I love how aggressive they've gotten. They're not shy. At, at no point are you going, oh, these girls are afraid to be punk. They they wear it on their hearts. They wear it on their sleeves and they put it out there. They're, they're aggressive and they're awesome. Um, you know, th this record shows uh, some of their tightest work and shows how good this band really is. And the potential for them to grow artistically is, is endless. I really think this band has a, a ton of possibilities and we're going to see some really, really phenomenal records coming out of them. This one is, is great and it's absolutely worth your time. Uh, in, in the meantime, don't just wait for the next thing. Listen to this one. Really looking forward to what they have in the next year. Uh, Frank, you want to do number 10? Yeah, man. Cool. Absolutely. Number nine, number nine. So number nine is Moonshot by the Lees of Memory, uh, fronted by the lead singer, John Davis of Super Brat, Super Drag. This is his new uh, band now. Uh, the Lees of Memory released their new album, Moonshot, this year. I really enjoyed it. It has a lot of sounds similar to the Super Drag album in the Valley of Dying Stars, and it has a lot of nods to Brian Wilson on this album. Uh, so it was really cool. Uh, Moonshot came in at number nine for me. Very nice. My number nine is, uh, is Pup. Uh, this place sucks. It's an EP. Uh, yeah, a little EP that, that snuck up on me. I really uh, didn't see this coming. In fact, I, I saw it in a record store and I went, what, is that a new pop record? And he went, yeah, it's an EP. And I went, oh, fuck, how did I miss that? Um, really great just to be able to turn a record up and get just like all your angst out. I love the way Pup uh, approaches punk rock. Really cool. They're another band. Again, I'm going to sound like a broken record. Um, I can't wait to hear more from them. I can't wait to see what their next record does. And uh, please come to Central Florida. I'd love to see you live when uh, when the world's not ending. There you go. There you go. Good stuff. Uh, number eight for me was Sparta, uh, Trust the River. Um, or Trust the River by Sparta. Sorry. <laughs> uh, it, the, listen, the year seems so long that I forgot that this was released back in April, um, but this was their first album in 14 years. Uh, Jim Ward, who we saw Mark on the um, Revival Tour, uh, did a great job of progressing their sound while keeping the quality of the songs very high. It's mature, like him, and it's a really enjoyable listen. So the new Sparta record was, was really good for me. Yeah, uh, at number eight for me, Western Addiction, their new album, Frail Gray, an another record that snuck up on me. In fact, I, I saw the Swinging Utters post that it had dropped and immediately checked it out. Uh, I love the growth of this band from the last record to this one. It not only grown in intensity, but they, they find a way to keep attacking their instruments and really giving it everything they have in just a way that, that keeps you glued to hear sonically what they're going to do next and and how they're going to pummel you with uh with with their instruments it's, I, I just love the aggression and the, the tone that these guys get very awesome very awesome my man uh number seven for me uh this one took a while uh, to grow on uh it's imploding the mirage uh, by the killers i initially didn't think this was a good record uh in comparison i, I should say what's that I still don't. You still don't to the nice to the other killers records. Uh, I listened to it again and it had some different environments and it, it did grow on me. Uh, it's not going to be their first three records. It never will be. Uh, but that's okay because I viewed it as better than most of the new acts uh, out today. So uh, it did grow on me um, and I, and I do enjoy it. So uh, imploding the Mirage killers was number seven. Nice. My number seven is the Abit brothers and the gleam three. Hopefully our, our dear listeners have heard this uh, episode already and you know how much uh, I love this and, and why this series from the Avid Brothers worked and really re-inspired my hope for the Avid Brothers that the next record uh, can be whatever it wants to be and be beautiful, unlike the last two albums. <laughs> yes, and please listen to that episode too because uh, I think we did a good job on it. So uh, number six uh, for me is Weather by Huey Lewis and the News. Uh, you know, this old, this album only had seven songs on it, but man, it's got that that Huey and the News soul in it, man. Uh, you know, the, the songs were recorded before uh, Huey's unfortunate hearing loss diagnosis. Uh, and sh it's short and sweet, and it's an ode to the music that he adores from the 50s and the 60s. I was really impressed with it, and um, I, I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, again, how long this year feels, I honestly thought that came out last year. 
Yeah, there you go. Um, it's a beautiful record, definitely. If you love rock and roll, if you like the history of rock and roll and and hearing people people genuinely pay homage to it, listen to that Huey Newton, Huey Lewis and the News record. It, it is really worth your your the time for your ears. Yep. Um, number six for me uh, is going to be the Lawrence Arm and their their new album Skeleton Coast. So this is the record that made me fall in love with the Lawrence arms. I, I had for some reason uh, an aversion to them and I couldn't tell you why I just couldn't get into it. But this record um, absolutely just ca- caught me. Um, and, and I've begun working my way through their catalog and I'm, I'm falling in love with more than just the hits, but some of the deep tracks as well. Um, regardless, uh, Skeleton Coast, we get their, their signature sound laced with these amazing personal lyrics that, you know, in classic Lawrence arms, fashion leave the listener trying to figure out what everything or anything means just really cool personal but but mysterious uh, I'm, I'm falling in love every day a little more with the lawrence arms yeah they're a band i think i need to give a little more listen to you know i like um i like the track uh are you there god it's me margaret and i do no are you there margaret it's me god yeah, something I I always forget that one. And then uh, I I really liked it was a B side off of the Rock Against Bush Volume Two. Uh, and then I like Sundowner, which is you know uh, a side project from the two. But I, I definitely want to give them a little bit more of a listen. Uh, I say this of course when I have the time, but I will I will try to. <laughs> um, number five for me is um, the uh, album. Uh, Random Desire by Greg Dooley. Uh, his debut, this is a debut album, which is funny because he's had other albums just under different monikers, uh, singer from the Afghan Wigs. Uh, this gets me, this to me gets better with every listen. Uh, it captures his songwriting style with those dark and really morose atmospheres, which I love. Um, so that this this is an enjoyable record for me. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 I've only given that one spin, but it's it's really cool. And it definitely... After our uh, Black Lung episode, um, I can see where a lot of that that atmosphere comes from. Really cool. Uh, yeah. So number five for me, uh, the Suicide Machines and Revolution Springs. Uh, you know, uh, in a year full of hot garbage, one of my absolute favorite things has been um, the return of the Suicide Machines. Um, well, I'm sure there are a lot of people out there that will say uh, this record has no place in anyone's top ten list. To them, I say, you know, fuck you. Um, uh, it's my list. I'm going to do it however the way I want. Uh, you know, but listen, it's a great return to form for the you know Detroit natives. Yes, the lineup is a little different, but the energy that made you fall in love with this band is still there. It's still awesome. Um, you know, this album will get you super pumped to just throw a brick at a brick at a, a big orange uh, dickhead, and and I absolutely love it. It's got all that great energy. It it does everything you expect out of a Suicide Machines album. That's not that self titled. Uh, record and you know that's a, another conversation for another time but this this is a great record i think it's gonna it, it's worked its way into regular rotation with me um it doesn't fall to the bottom of their catalog by any means it, it's a solid record um fingers crossed we get some more there you go and yes you did say orange <laughs> oh i that's meant all. to say orange I said, no I, I said blick instead of brick yeah 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 that's yeah that was awesome <laughs> That was awesome. Best moment. Best moment of best moment of the episode. <laughs> yeah, best moment of yeah. All right. So uh number four for me is Ohms by Deftones. Uh that rhymed. Uh I think I pronounced it right. Uh, but such an underrated band for all the consistently good stuff they put out. Uh this is heavy hitting and hard, and then really has these beautiful moments. Uh they again take risks and that pays off. Uh they were and are to me the best band to come out of that whole genre way back in the 90s we don't have to rehash it again uh between us but go listen to our deftones episode uh the new album is pretty awesome so that was my number four on the list nice for me it's going to be uh pairs with their uh self-titled album pairs um i can't say enough about pairs um you know they're, they're chasing punk rock in their own direction with absolute reckless abandon and it totally fucking rules uh pairs the album pushes their unique melodic hardcore to uh, its own limits only to continuously push them further and further with each track. Really cool. Um, I get that it's going to take people a little while to, to get into them, but give them that time. It, it'll, it'll do you good. 
there you go. Uh, number three, uh, Mark. Yep, the album we just reviewed, uh, mm-hmm. Paradise. Mark, can we hold it up again, both of us, maybe? Look at that. Look at that. Beautiful, beautiful record. There you go. Beautiful. Uh, yep, we just reviewed it. You heard why. I adore this record. Go listen to it. Mark, that was my number three. I bet I know what your number three is. Yeah, uh, number three, Red City Radio. Hey! Uh, <laughs> we're literally doing this episode right now. It's it's amazing. Um, you know, this album easily flip-flops between uh, being ranked number three and being ranked number two for me. We'll get to number two in a minute. Uh, it just really depends on my mood. Uh, it's a great rock and roll album that I can't wait um, to put on at a party and just rock out. One, one can dream. You know, it's it's interesting. This this record for me, the end of this year with how wild it's been, has been so uplifting. Um, I absolutely adore it. I'm almost surprised right now that it's not at two. Um, but we'll, we'll get to that in a minute when uh, after you tell people what your number two pick is, Frank. Sure. Well, it was already on your list, but uh, it's the Gleam 3 by the Ava Brothers. Uh, I know it's just an EP, but man, it really surprised me. I... I'm being honest, I didn't think they had it in them, and that's my my fault, my bad. Uh, I thought with quite a few produced Rick Rubin records that, um, or very produced Rick Rubin records, that that side of them wasn't there anymore, nor did they want it to be. Uh, but it's there, and it was damn good. The quality of these songs is unreal, and they proved it uh, here. So that that was David Brothers for me. Uh, what's your number two, my man? Um, so number two for me, uh, is, uh, you heard me talk about it very heavily in the beginning of this year. Uh, again, almost feels like it was from last year. Uh, the band is Spanish love songs. The album is brave faces. Everyone, um, you know, early release from the year that Spanish love songs found a way to speak directly to like my darkest places and help lift me out of them by reminding me that I'm not alone in those places. Um, the songs are catchy, sad, and beautiful. This is this is the direction I want punk, but more I want emo to go in. I really want people to, de- to develop not just this screaming about how sad they are, but to really learn how to articulate in the way Spanish love songs do, because they do a beautiful job of it. Um, you know, keep it heartfelt and keep it rocking, please. Uh, so again, just for me, uh, for number two and number three, Bread City Radio, Paradise, Spanish love song, first faces everyone. Depends on the mood you catch me in, but since Spanish love songs was released earlier, I've definitely listened to it more. Although I've, <laughs> I've some, hopefully some nickels into the bank account of Red City Radio by the amount I've been listening to the album on Spotify. Um, an amazing record as well. So Frank, uh, why don't you tell them what, uh, what both of our number one tickets for the year? Here we go. Here we go. All right, man. So. Without further ado, our number one is Rough and Rowdy Ways by Bob Dylan. I mean, what can I say? This guy's 80, man, and he's making an album like this. It shows that age doesn't matter at all, at all. And again, his ability to do this with his age shows his true talents. The record is beautiful, man. Every song on here is capturing, uh, a, it's a capturing of the random thoughts, dreams, experiences, uh things we will eventually go through and thoughts we will eventually have. I mean, it's truly unreal. These songs are stories. It takes you on a trip that you will be happy you went on, in my opinion. I love actually later Dylan more than early Dylan, uh, even though I love both, but I always like listening to later Dylan more. Uh, this is a prime example as to why, Mark. So Rough and Rowdy Ways, we have an episode on it too. Check that out. Uh, I just, I adore this record, Mark. Yeah, that's another record Frank and I both bought this year, by the way. Um definitely a, a gem i keep it separated from the rest of my record collection <laughs> I, absolutely, I adore it I, I i treasure it like it's a piece of art because it truly is um more than just you know uh, an, an lp it's it, it's really an amazing record um and i think really we're, we're lucky to have been able to experience it as it happened um so so good with that i'm gonna read this next part if you want frank it says um <laughs> it says it wants me to introduce paul mccartney okay Ladies and gentlemen, Paul McCartney. Yay! Oh, oh wait a minute. I, I get it. He's he's not here. Ah. Oh. Shoot. All right, all right, all right, all right. When when we return to the podcast waves, that's how that works, right? It works on waves. Um, Friday, January 8th, that's when we'll be back. We'll be reviewing an album uh, neither of us knew was coming. 
It's called McCartney Three. Uh, uh, I'm not terribly familiar with uh, with Paul's solo stuff, um, but I can't wait to dive in and talk about you know what the man with the wings, the band on the run, Mr. Paul McCartney has uh, got in store for us. How about you, Frank? Yeah, I mean, here here he is too in his uh, much later years, uh, cranking out these albums. A lot of output by Paul. Mark, I'm excited to dive into this. Sir Paul has some great solo releases, but to me personally. Honestly, I don't think he has done put out anything solid since 2005. Um, and I say that with all due respect, as you know, Mark, he's my favorite Beatles. So I'm excited to dive into this album and see what he sounds like, um, especially manning all the instruments here and really just taking care of everything. So I'm really excited about it, Mark, and uh, I can't wait to listen to it. Did he do the Stevie Wonder style? Blindfolded, he played every instrument? I think so. Oh, cool. Well, listen, um, <laughs> That's it for us and and 2020. Hopefully, you're uh, you're out there safe and sound. This is, I mean, this has been our inaugural season. Thank you so much for. I mean, that's what we're calling it, right? Thank you so much for listening. Please tell your friends about all the outlandish things uh, we said and did. Uh, like us, rate us, review us, throw us a heart, throw us a bone, whatever you got. Um, thank you so much. Thank you, everyone. Be safe and ciao. Yeah, happy holidays, pal. <laughs>